Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Now, when my producer came to me with the idea of my next guest, he said, you know, cats are a liquid. And I thought I didn't hear him right. I said, what? What are you talking about? Cats are a liquid? Did you just say that? He said, yeah, cats are a liquid. And I looked at him like he might be drinking something other than coffee in that coffee cup. But he said, no, cats are a liquid. Check this out. And yeah, it is true to an extent. Anyways, my next guest will explain all about it. This is really cool, really fun. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this break. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to introduce Rebecca Donnelly, who is the author of Cats Are Liquid, and her illustrator, Misa Saburi. So welcome, Rebecca. Welcome to Catitude. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm very excited to be talking to such a group of cat lovers because I think that's the audience for this picture book. Well, I have to say, I've had a decent amount of books on Catitude. My listening audience likes interesting books, but they're a little bit quirky. But this book, I think they would be nuts over. And I've never, (laughs) ever, ever, ever in all the... I've done close to, I think... I know it's over 100 cat shows, at least, and I've never heard anybody compare cats or say cats are a liquid or compare them to a liquid. (laughs) So where did this idea come about? Well, I cannot take the credit for the idea. The idea itself comes from a paper, a real scientific paper that was written by a French scientist named Marc-Antoine Fardin, and it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, he was writing that cats' state of matter is liquid because they don't hold their own shape. If you put them into a box, their bodies expand to fill the box. If you then put the same cat into a bowl, the cat's body will conform to the bowl. And I think if you've, if you've spent any time on the internet looking at pictures of cats, you probably know what I'm talking about or if you've seen this with your own cats. So this was an idea that this, the scientist observed And then he wrote a paper about it, and it won something called the Ig Nobel Prize, which is a a prize given out annually for these kind of satirical and peculiar 
but very real scientific papers. So when I heard about this prize, I said, oh, that is, that's a picture book right there. I have to write this as a picture book. I can just, I can just see how I'm going to do this. You know, it's funny when you were saying how when I, I've never thought about it this way, and and I and I've thought about all kinds of cat things <laughs> all the time, but it's so true. Cats do conform to the shape they're in, and I've seen it with my cats. I've seen it with you know, like you said, cats on the internet and different pictures. They do. They become the shape of the glass. They become the shape of the box that they squish themselves in. It's hysterical that how they do that. But it's even more interesting that you wrote the book on it, which is fantastic. So how did you go from, I understand it wasn't your original idea, but how did you go from the his paper idea to, okay, I'm going to have to write this book. How am I going to do this? Well, I should say this is not my first book. Um, and it's not actually the first picture book that I had written, although it's the first one to be published. I was working on another a nonfiction picture book at the time, and it was a rhyming book. And so when I heard this idea, you know, a lot of writers, I think, do this where you, you're working on something, but another idea comes to you and you have to jump right in there and start working on it. So I had this idea of uh, rhyming because that's what I was working with. And I really liked the idea of this book being not a story, you know, it's not following a particular cat. It's really a lot of rhyming concepts. So I use a lot of language that relates to liquid, you know, cats fill, cats spill, cats flow downhill. Um, and it just kind of goes on like that with a few other lines in there to vary it a little bit. But I knew that because this book, it was going to be so visual, you know, although I'm not an illustrator, I knew that the right illustrator would just have a field day with this. I wanted to leave the text really very simple so that the illustrator could imagine the whole world of the story. So I think the text is, I think it's under 100 words, um, which really isn't very much. And then Misa Saburi, again, who was the illustrator, was hired by the, the publishing house. And she created this idea of a bunch of kids being tiny scientists, trying to figure out, you know, sort of the, the properties of cats. So you see pictures of uh, kids in little white lab coats, and they're, they've got, you know, a cat in a beaker. There's they're studying cats as they sort of hold them and their bodies drip down. She imagined it so cleverly. And there you see cats as puddles and cats as clouds and all sorts of liquidy types of things. I think the text and the illustrations are pretty clever. That The text, it brings to mind Dr. Seuss because of how you said you wanted it to all, you know, be liquid matters and rain. It just reminds me a little bit of Dr. Seuss. It's it's more s simple, but have you heard that before? I haven't heard that particular comment, although I, I think I know what you mean. I'm also a children's librarian, so I read a lot of picture books. And there's definitely, you know, he was very well known for doing rhyme, but also for his reader series that was very, they were funny and clever for kids, but they were not above their reading level. And yeah, I think I will say I wasn't definitely not thinking of Dr. Seuss as I was writing this, but I did like the idea that it was, it's a picture book that a kid could probably read aloud once they got to, you know, kindergarten, first grade, something like that. The words aren't too, too difficult. There's a lot of rhyming, which makes it really easy for kids to sound out words. So. Yeah. And then how did you go about figuring out like the states of matter and like deciding on which ones? And it's, I really like this one, cats, train, aim, maim, 
Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And yeah. There's a there's a few of those in there. They they like they're innocent, they're lying there and all of a sudden, yeah, right, here I come. Right. And there's there's the the sort of refrain, I guess you could say is Cats are a liquid, except when they're not, because, you know, if you've ever tried to get a cat in water, <laughs> give it a bath or, you know, seen it accidentally get wet, you know that it doesn't take to it. Most of them don't take to it too well. So that's the other that's when they're solids is uh, <laughs> they're, they're liquids when they're comfortable. And when you want them to do something that they are not interested in doing, they are very solid and they definitely have their own shape. Yes. And then the third state of matter, I guess, would be gas. And that's really only on the very last page. The last three words of the story are evaporate, precipitate, disappear. And that's sort of like when you are trying to find a cat and you cannot grab hold of them. You know, they just sort of jump out of your hands, just kind of like a molecule of, of a gas, you know, a little, a little bit of liquid in the air that you can't see. The cats, so on the very last page, they're all leaping off of the page. Yeah, and that's true. They're interested until they're like, nah, I have better things to do. I'm I'm done. You know, I'm so, I'm done with this. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about a theme that you had throughout. Well, I noticed in a couple pages, at least, that I thought was really cool. And this really neat experiment at the back of the book. So I'll be right back after this break. everyone, Michelle Fern here. I have discovered a great brand called Dr. Elsie's. They are truly focused on your cat. One of their mottos is, we've always put ourselves in our pet's paws. I just love that. And did you know the number one behavioral reason that cats are either abused, abandoned, or returned to shelters is doing their number ones and number twos outside the litter box? Yep. And let me tell you, I have been dealing with that for quite a while with one of my kitties, Charlotte. I have a multi-cat household like so many of you. And no matter what I tried, she refuses to use the litter box. And I have tried everything. Nothing worked. And then I found out about Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract. Now, most cats are not that picky, but almost every household has a Charlotte and that cat will be persnickety about using the litter box with other cats. Well, Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract is a product that helps bring cats like my persnickety Charlotte back to using the box. And Dr. Elsie's is so positive that you will love their product. They're going to offer a rebate and pay up to $20 for your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. You can visit drelsies.com slash catitude and print out the rebate form or fill it out online. I will also have it on my Instagram, which is at catitude17. Give Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract Litter a shot. You will not regret it. Happy cat, mom. Happy cat. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Rebecca Donnelly, and she is the author of the children's book, Cats Are a Liquid, which talks about how cats kind of 
emulate some states of science. Is is that how you would put it? States of science? Science? I would science? say states of matter. States, states of, matter. of matter. Well, yeah. Okay. Close. I was close. States of matter. And one thing that I like about the book that you put in there, at least I saw it one time, um, Adopt, Don't Shop. And your illustrator has her dedication says to all cats waiting to be adopted. So I think that was really cool. Are both of you very big proponents on shelter cats, adopting? Does the book have any relationship with shelters? Well, so I will say that the words adopt, don't shop, they, so they appear on, on a child's t-shirt. And I 100% agree with the sentiment, but I didn't have anything to do with putting that in there. That, again, was completely Misa's idea. But yeah, I actually, this past Saturday, visited my local Humane Society to do a reading, and I brought some copies to sell. My local Humane Society is wonderful. I've done programs there as a librarian where we come in and I bring kids and they read to the animals. And this time, they brought a couple of cats into the room so that kids could look at them. And I, I do think that um, one of the families that came was getting interested in, in adopting a cat. I have, I'm 100% behind that idea. I love it. And I, I always say on this show, you know, it's nothing against breeders or anything like that. It's, I don't want to alienate one group, but there's so many cats that are out there waiting to be adopted, you know, and... I know that was probably Misa that added that in, but you go, girl. I love that. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) So what what is this experiment? Even though the book is, you know, rhymes and everything, you do have a section in the back that talks about science on a very, you know, simple level. You know, our cat's a liquid and it talks about the matter and, and so forth, but it's very simple. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. especially if many of us can think back this far, you know, how ice, you know, water changes form, you know, from water to ice. Right, right. And that, that was the idea is because this is this is definitely not an, a nonfiction book, but it is, I think of it as sort of lighthearted STEM or silly STEM. If you were a classroom teacher with, you know, elementary students, you might read this as an introduction to a unit on the phases of matter. This would be kind of a fun way to get kids to think about it. And then you would get into the the actual science of it. And my editors actually did ask me to write out kind of an explanation what the phases of matter are. I provide a link if anybody wants to read about that paper that I was talking about earlier. And then the activity, you know, it's so funny you mentioned Dr. Seuss, and I said that I wasn't thinking about Dr. Seuss, but he's the one who made up the word oobleck. I don't think he made up the thing oobleck, which is a mix of water and cornstarch. But I remember growing up, whenever we, if we made oobleck in science class, that is what we call it. I know some, some people call it something different today, but cornstarch and water have this amazing property when you mix them together in the right proportions where in some situations they behave like a solid. So if you mix it together and you put it in a, a bowl, you can actually take your fist or your hand and kind of smack it and it will it'll resist. It's almost like it's a bowl of something solid. But if you put your hand through it, if you try to lift it up and take a handful of it, it's a liquid. You cannot pick it up. It doesn't clump. And that just seems like a really interesting metaphor for this, you know, cats are liquid until they want to be solid. And oobleck is very much the same. So that's kind of a fun way to tie that concept into the book. That's really interesting. And I I don't know, maybe I was absent when they did this experiment, but I don't remember. <laughs> maybe they just didn't do it in my public school. I don't know. But that's really cool. 
And I like that you also mentioned not to pour it down the sink, just like you don't put a cat down the sink. But um, I didn't want parents to be angry with me, so I had to say that it will absolutely cause plumbing problems. <laughs> right, and that, and I also love that you you know you could find out more about Ublak, but also that you gave credit for you know about the scientific paper that started all and learning about more about states of matter. I just think that is all very you know, interesting. And I love it. So I know that this is a children's book. And most of us that are pet parents, especially cat parents, we have kids in our lives. They might be your neighbor's kid. They might be kids you teach. They might be your grandkids or your nephews or nieces, or maybe just your fur babes and you want to read to them. Hey, why not? Right? So (laughs) there's always, and this is just such a fun book. And it's so interesting and it's so unique. It can even be because it's a nice size, kind of a mini coffee table book because it's not super thick, but it's so different. If you ever needed a conversation starter, this is it. Because (laughs) did you ever have any experiences, Rebecca, where you told someone, yeah, I'm writing a book called Cats Are Liquid and they looked at you and went, what? Many, many. It was always a little bit funny to try to explain it to somebody. And then as soon as I mentioned the idea of, you know, maybe seeing these pictures on the internet, then people start to go, oh, yeah, I have seen that. But then I think the beauty of picture books, you know, and is just when they're done right, you can immediately get it. You know, you look at the cover, you get it. You look at the first couple of pages, you get it. And and I think you're right. It, it does almost function like a coffee table book because it is something that is just so amusing. And, and my hope is that it it goes beyond the core picture book audience of like preschoolers and pre-kindergartners and, and that sort of thing. And I really hope that pet parents love it. And I hope that science teachers use it. And I, I even hope that English language arts teachers use it for poetry or, you know, brainstorming ideas. I think, I think the, the concept is just so funny. There are so many different ways if you wanted to use this book, there's so many different ways that you could. It is. And, you know, as you were saying, you know, talking about it, I was thinking, you know, and I've done some teaching in my past. And I think this would be a great gift for any cat lover, any cat pet parent, but especially if there are little ones, because you know how you mentioned science and there's some little ones just draw blank, like they're not into it. That's not me. They're just draw blank. Mm -hmm. Or even for little ones that just with school or homework, just blank. This is a great way to open up to them and try to get some attention from an unusual source. I mean, how great is that? If I was a teacher, a science teacher, this, I would have this book. I think maybe second grade, younger, right? Kindergarten, first grade, preschool, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you, you could definitely read it to preschoolers and kindergartners. And then when you get into that sort of end of kindergarten or first grade, second grade, then you can definitely start using it in in other ways to support different parts of your curriculum. And I think there are there are a lot of books now, books for children that are trying to do that. So yeah, I, I like I like seeing that more and more with more types of books. Yep. And I think it's great. What is your favorite form of cat? Like, because you have different liquids in there. And there's <laughs> so many cat forms. So what would be your favorite cat form? My favorite pet form, I'm going to say it's actually one of the ones that is not quite as liquidy. It's on the page that just says blanket nap <laughs> because all of the exhausted scientists are cuddling up with their cats. That's probably my favorite. Oh, 
I love the bathroom one. So That's, true. Oh, that that one is hilarious. And I do love the ones that have static electricity and they have um, things stuck to them. The balloons oh, yeah, and the that one is a great one, that too. The bathroom yes. one is, is like my... Um, <laughs> Okay, we're not going to get so personal, but the bathroom one with the toilet paper, I'm sure many cat lovers out there, pet parents can... um, Yes. Oh, yeah, the blanket one is really cute. The bathroom one, I can relate because for a while, it was hide the toilet paper because Molly was going (laughs) to take it into, you know, but the problem is, yeah, when you're in the bathroom, hide the toilet paper. Where can it be? So that's the other problem. But that's all I'll go on about bathrooms. But yep, all of these. I so so true, so true. And the when the one with the cats are liquid when they're by the window and the little boys eating the scientist is eating ice cream, they almost look like fish. Like they're so oh, languid, yeah. you know, just swimming. Yeah, in the they sun. If, if you look in the in that sunlight, yes. Wherever their body is in the sunlight, they look flat. I know I think Misa did an amazing job on that page. Yes. She did an amazing job, and so did you. Now, where can we find your book, Cats Are Well, um, I am always, always, always happy to support independent bookstores. So you probably will be able to find it at your local independent bookstore or online at IndieBound, which is the independent bookstore's online kind of uh, group presence. You certainly can also find it on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. It should be available in Anywhere that books are sold, and if it's not there, it, it should be fairly easy for them to order. Okay. And Rebecca, you've mentioned you've, you're in the process of writing another book? They're always in the process. I have uh, my, my second picture book is coming out in March, and that one is on a completely different subject. But Misa and I do have a follow-up to this one coming out in, I think it's 2021. It's not to do with cats, but it's based on another similarly weird scientific paper about banana peels. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And do you have a website or an Instagram where people can follow you and find out more? I have a website. It's RebeccaDonnellyWrites.com, and that's Donnelly with two N's and two L's. I'm not on Instagram. I am on Twitter, and that is at underscore Becca underscore Donnelly. Okay. And for everybody that's listening, we'll have for this episode, we'll have the information to Rebecca's website, so you can link over there, and I'm sure your website will have your Twitter information as well. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I love the book, and I think it's so unique, so different. And um, best of luck with the book. Now I'm intrigued about banana peels. (laughs) Well, when you start a fruit podcast, I'll come back. (laughs) Yep. All right. Thank you so much. Well, that was a lot of fun. And I have to tell you, if you are even the tiniest bit intrigued about this book, you must go check it out. It is a great little book. And it's so much fun. And it's so unique. And it's so different. And I, I think it's just fabulous. So it's called Cats Are Liquid. And if you missed where you can get it or any wants more information about Rebecca Donnelly, or Lisa Saburi, you can um, find that out on the episode page for this show. And that is at PetLifeRadio.com. Just look under Catitude and, and look for the show and there'll be that information. I'll have a picture of the book and a link to Rebecca and Misa's website. So I would like to thank my very liquid cats, Dennis, Molly, and Charlotte, and Jethro, and Sammy, 
and the new one, Jax, for being the liquid cats they are. And I'd have to say my most liquid cat must be, I think, Sammy. She's pretty liquidy, you know? And then other than number two would probably be Dennis and maybe three, Molly. But get the book. This is a great book. Now, keep listening. We're going to have some more great shows coming up. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.